I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. I'm here with super baller Stacey Wallace. I just was like, what should I say in your bio? Because it's pretty long and amazing. And um, she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm like led to nine figure success. I'm like, tell me about that. I'm like, that's hundreds of millions of dollars. So tell us a little about like the companies that you brought, like where they, where you were with these companies and how, where you got them to. So before we go into this really cool boom idea, they're hooked on your success and how you <laughs> help them and change their business. First off, I have to say, I love you. You're the first person that called me a baller in the first yes. sentence. <laughs> Woo! All right. Because I I just, I yearn to be loved. So now I love you because you made me feel good. So, so we can just love, love yeah. on each other. But that's great. Well, well that's I used to super be a baller. basketball player. Yeah. Well, I, that's a, I used to be a basketball player, like a high level basketball player. So the, oh, wow. that, that has double context for me, but in the business realm, and of course, we used a lot of the same techniques that you use to be uh, avid in a sport to be able to grow some pretty substantial uh, businesses in the marketplace. And one of the businesses I think that you're talking about, we took from scratch to over nine figures. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, it was 350 million in three years. I think it's better to be specific. And uh, I'm like, you're sorry you went from scratch no, and I figured, don't have to be sorry. I mean, you should be proud of that. Um, but well, to be specific, so three, yeah, because nine figures, it's like, first of all, we got to figure out on our fingers how many that is. I mean, I know pretty much because like we talk about how we want to get to eight figures, um, but nine, it's like my dream to have a hundred million dollars. Um, but to sell a company for 300, sorry, you got it to 350 million, which means you sold it for a lot more because there's something called multiples, um, but you ended up selling it to T-Mobile. Well, that particular company was an acquisition. And okay. uh, so there was, they, they took the uh, subscribers there. The company before that, that my husband and I, well, actually my husband and my brother started in the game room of the house, ended up going to a $1.2 billion market cap. And that was by bringing on Carl Icahn. And anybody that knows Carl Icahn, he can, you, you want to measure friend, you don't want to measure foe. Uh, but Carl, basically. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Carl Icahn is, um, he's just a, a really incredible investor, big investor. And he either comes in and he takes your company to the next level or he chops it up in a million pieces. Oh. But ultimately it is for uh, investor value. And yeah. so that company we took on NASDAQ to a $1.2 billion market cap. Holy crap. So is he like uh, underground shark or should I just know who he is? But it sounds like kind of the shark tank type, type yeah, of thing. Yeah, you can, let's just say he's a killer whale. Yeah. <laughs> so Sounds you like can it. look up Carl Icahn, but he is um, very, very notorious in the industry of uh, buying, selling, mergers, mm, acquisitions, investments. And how um, did you get but, access to him? 
Well, my brother was CEO of the company and uh, just through connections, we took that particular company out of an idea that, by the way, was a failure in the game room of the house, uh, which is interesting because when you're scaling companies, you usually go through multiple failures before you ever hit critical mass. And most people, the, just the difference between those who hit success and the, those who don't is those who can go through the valley of the shadow of death, <laughs> because there's always a valley of the shadow of death. I've got a, a client that they, when they came, they were going through bankruptcy. They were a 21 and 22 year old that started a company and they thought they were having to close the company down. And the problem was they just didn't have a full grasp on what it was they were good at what they did, which was building tiny homes, but they weren't great at building businesses. And so within nine months, we had them to 13 million. And uh, so but there, there was massive growth that took place by putting infrastructure in place. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean you know how to grow it to scale. Which, so, which let me interrupt for a second, because yeah. that's exactly what I think is happening with most financial advisors. Like, especially if you've been in the industry for quite some time, if you're new, you might not feel like you're great at it. But if you've been in the industry for quite some time, you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a really phenomenal financial advisor. I care about people. I know how to get them the result. Um, you know, I'm very competent in that area. If I'm not 100% competent, I have a whole team or a back office I can go to, and I know I can get them the result. I can help them retire and have the life they want, all these things. But when it comes to marketing and sales and actually growing a business, not so much. Like, don't have as much confidence there because you're not taught to be a business owner. You're not taught to be an entrepreneur. You are taught to be a financial advisor. And mm -hmm. so I think that's like your skills come in handy a lot. And this is a lot of what I teach as well is really understanding how to grow the business and be intentional around that. So, so are you consulting now or do you look for companies mm -hmm. and you're, you're doing some consulting, you take equity and whatnot? Is that how you do it? Depends on the scale, the, the amount of participation we have. We do it through uh, three different programs. We have a mastery program where we're helping people master their business. So we help them with infrastructure and development, but it's more, they're doing most of the work. Mm -hmm. uh, our mastermind is putting them into the room. Yeah, it's more of a coaching program, mm -hmm. 12 months. Uh, mm -hmm. takes takes time to get a company to really change the habits, get the infrastructure, automations, uh, the workflows set in place that today are just necessary. This is there's so much as it relates to now with Chat GPT and mm -hmm. uh, all the different funnel creations and being able to create workflows. Is it, gone are the days that you can just be good at what you do. Yeah. Peace you out. Have to know peace how to out surrender. to like you just being good at what you right. like, And first of all, good is not enough. Like I remember Tony Robbins says like now, this is probably a decade ago. He would say something like, um, if you're good at something, you get bad results. If you're great at something, you now get good results. And if you're like the only way to get great results is you have to be extraordinary. Right. And the people to get extraordinary results, you basically have to be God. So everybody else is screwed. So essentially like it's just harder and harder to, to get those results. So let's jump in and we'll probably go back to a little bit of your background because I think it's so interesting, but I want to make sure we're focused on what they can get out of this. You talked about something you called boom. Tell us what that mm -hmm. means and why it's so important, especially for financial advisors so they can get more ideal clients and then be able to grow their business to scale. 
Well, BOOM is an acronym that stands for Breaking Out of Mediocrity. And one of the things interesting is in our, we have a platinum program and the platinum program is where we take equity and we're working with the the CEO or whoever the thought leader is that's or, or the team that's behind the company to scale the company. Usually companies or solopreneurs or individuals who maybe they're they're clipping along and they're doing really good get into five figures or they're really good at getting to six figures or they're trying to get to that hump if I just if I could just get to the seven figure model. This first million you ever make will be the hardest million you ever make. Because there's a mental barrier that if you've never done it, it's almost like the five, uh, four minute mile. Right, right. Once it was broken, it was like broken over and over and over again by high school athletes. But the same thing is when you, when you cross one of those thresholds, and it doesn't matter which threshold or 100 million, once you cross the threshold, you're like, oh, wow, I, I, I can do that. Now you're breaking out of a box. You're breaking out of the mediocrity of what you were. But you realize in order to go from this level to the next level, in order to go from a seven-figure company to an eight-figure company, entirely different infrastructure, entirely different sales team, different type of management, your scaffolding around your business. And I would say this to all of your listeners, your scaffolding will determine your trajectory. And the scaffolding, if you imagine building, you know, if you're wanting to build a one-story house, you don't have to have a, a ton of scaffolding. But if you're going to build a 10-story or a 20-story skyscraper, your scaffolding, you're going to have to invest big into your scaffolding because the scaffolding is what's going to make sure that you're going in the right direction. So a lot of times breaking out of mediocrity, it's difficult for us as leaders to break out ourselves. So we have to put the right scaffolding around us to help us think differently or to look at automations differently. Uh, I have a ton of people that are like, I'm just so, I'm not really good at social media or I know I need to do more social media, but it's just like, I don't know what to say. Well, chat GPT totally messed that (laughs) up completely (laughs) because it's solved. What you used to have to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for of a good copywriter. Now you just put in, please write me a good post about uh, financial investments coming into the summer season. Wow, you're very polite to chat GPT. I'm not as polite. Please, please. I know sometimes I say, thank you. Thank you, chat GPT. Actually, I just just got back from a mastermind event and um, one of my friends, or we should have him on the podcast actually, uh, Mike Filsame. I don't know if you know him, but he's he's built, uh, um, I think, Kartra and then he sold, you know, he was one of the owners and big, big companies and he's into the SaaS stuff, the um, software as a service. And now he's building an AI company called Groove.ai. And he was showing us some stuff and it was like, oh my gosh, like so, so crazy. (laughs) But um, the whole thing with ChatGPT and we won't get totally into it, but those of you who don't know what ChatGPT is, first of all, I will say um, welcome to 2020. Three, even though I guess it came out <laughs> late 2022, um, but it's it's essentially a way that you can use AI to do a lot of things for you. But one of those things is you can ask it anything. It's like the new and improved Google. Um, and one of those things you can ask it to do is to write copy for you. Um, but Mike was saying, or was kind of showing us like all these prompts and the output is only as good as the input. And I will tell you, like with my clients, we just had a coaching call last night, actually. And I was showing them some stuff on chat GPT. Whereas I used to say stuff like, you know, write me a three uh, campaign email for female financial advisors who 
want to grow their business. And now I'm giving it like, after learning this stuff, I'm like giving it these prompts that are like yeah. really long. And I'm like, can I tell you about my company and my brand so that you can write a three email campaign? And then it's like, yeah, tell me these five things. And then, you know, basically you're writing like an, like a chapter of a book about like who your client is, who your, what your brand voice and all this stuff. And the output was like so much better because yeah this lovely teenager called chat GPT, like understood what the brilliant teenager understood what the heck I was talking about. So we will bring my, like, my chat GPT. Her name is Shelby. Oh, and so my best copywriter in every company we've had, her name was Shelby. I love Shelby. If Shelby happens to ever hear this, she'll know Shelby was very expensive to me. Yeah. Shelby got replaced, not in real life, but generalization okay. of Shelby's They've been replaced because chat GPT, what I used to have to do is go, Shelby, I need you to, I have eight books. I need you to read this book. I want you to pull out a uh, mm-hmm. hundred uh, quotes out of it so that we can put them into Twitter, or I'd like you to create, you know, some social posts, go into Canva and create all that. So Shelby would have to spend probably a week reading the book yeah. and she had to true. highlight and she had to get all that. I can take my book. So Shelby in my chat GPT She's totally trained in my language. I've been able mm-hmm. to put my yeah. books into her, train her how to speak the fuel by fire language, mm-hmm. uh, train her uh, what it means to what boom means, what it means to the legacy wealth mastery model, all of those things. Amazing. Now, if I say, uh, and I always do, it's the funniest thing. And she knows her name is Shelby, my chat GPT. Mm-hmm. Shelby, please write me um, a policies and procedures for fuel by fire and utilize the acronym legacy. Wow, that's amazing. And See, but that's, that's, a, that's the thing, like you've, you've trained Shelby, Shelby Chat yeah. to be able to do that. And I think a lot of people don't really know how to use it or how to take advantage, but let's go back to, cause we can have a whole freaking thing about chat GPT, <laughs> yeah, okay. which maybe we'll do again. But um, if you're not familiar with that and chat GPT is just the best, it's not the only one, there's a ton, but best for that type of thing. Um, but going back to this, this breaking out of mediocrity, like what mm-hmm. are the main components of that? Like, yes, we can get chat GPT or some AI um, friend <laughs> to write copy and posts and a lot of stuff. But I think also, I know my, my problem is prioritizing and knowing, well, what do I do first and what's going to really move the needle and get me the result. And I think the, the big issue I, that I had when I was a financial advisor and I had hundreds of clients, I was so busy servicing them, servicing and servicing them that to step outside the box or to really go outside the box and do something different. That's going to allow me to stand out and, um, you know, attract the right people, not just anyone. Like I, I was like, I, I don't know what to do first. And how do I do that when I have all these clients and, you know, all these people yeah. I have to service that like finding the time and then prioritizing. So can you talk a little bit to that of like, how do we break sure. out of mediocrity? Cause some of it, that mediocrity is also the, the, um, you know, like getting stuck in the mediocrity of the day-to-day crap that we have to get done. And before you know it, there you've run out of the day. First thing I would say, and, you know, things like chat GBT and that they are just tactics um, that hopefully support strategies that you've got, but they will never be your North star. Mm-hmm. They won't lead your company. There'll be something if they that do just watch out because that chat right? GBT has a mind of its own. <laughs> It does. That's right. It really so does. They, they they help fuel your progress, but they shouldn't lead your progress. 
So let's dial back a little bit into boom. And what breaking out of mediocrity basically is, is, um, you know, if you think about the sonic boom and what creates the boom when, when there's the breaking of the sound barrier. And I don't know if y'all watched the, the Wonder Woman uh, movie, but I, I cried. Like I watched it like 17 times and I took every woman I could think of and I, would, I was doing teaching principles around it and I was doing podcasts and blogs and all this stuff around it because there were so many cool principles mm-hmm. for building business. And one of them is the boom. You know, if you'll remember when she was being trained and I think it was like the sister. You're talking about the mother. new ones or the like old, the old the ones? The new one. The, the new, new ones. ones. Okay. Yeah. Gal Gadot. And so okay. the sister's like beating on her and coming against her and they're training her how to be a warrior. All right. And all of a sudden got right up on top of her and Wonder Woman crosses her arms and you get this. Mm, and it blows the opposition away. Mm-hmm. That boom is the same thing as breaking of the sound barrier. The only way you can break the sound barrier and create the boom, which is that sonic boom, is if there's pressure built up in the atmosphere and then you violate the pressure. Hmm. So if you think of that, a lot of times when we're building businesses, it's like it's so overwhelming. There's so much pressure. Don't stop. Mm. <laughs> That's a good sign. And, and, and where boom comes from, from a marketing perspective is it's, if you've ever read the book by um, Seth Godin called purple cow. Yes. So you're driving down a highway and you're, you, I live in Texas and you got cows everywhere and we have a ranch. And so we've got animals everywhere, but you're driving down and you see these black and white cows, you see her for cows, you see black Angus, Angus cows, you see little baldies, which are the black and white cows, nothing normal. I mean, nothing abnormal. You just keep right. driving. But if you're driving down the highway and you see a purple cow, you're probably going to stop your car. You're going to pull out your phone. You're going to try to get a selfie. You're probably going to post it. You're going to tell people about it. Why? Because it's remarkable. And to become a remarkable brand, you have to break out of mediocrity. You can't be normal. You can't be a generalist in what you do. So as, as a financial advisor, there are thousands of financial advisors. That's normal. That's being a black Angus. But, but to be magnetic, to be remarkable, to get people to stop and go, I want what you've got, you've got to find out how you boom. And that's going from a special, from a, from a generalist to positioning yourself in the marketplace as a specialist with something nobody else has. And so when we're working with clients, we, we help them identify what is that? Because usually if you don't have sales, for example, you lack visibility. If you don't have visibility, you lack clarity in the marketplace, meaning that you're probably, you're blending in too much. You're, you're like everybody else. There's nothing really special about what you got. If you want to jump from a generalist to a specialist, you've got to identify your method, your model. What is that sweet spot that you offer? We do something called a sweet spot audit. What is the sweet spot that you offer that now goes, oh, that's like I have the 1% method, for example. I have a TED talk on it. Um, People are like, oh, she's the 1% method, micro progress person. Um, What is your method? What is that thing that when we go to your website that you are the signature uh, author of? Or that you're the creator of so that when people follow you, they're going to get something more than just general information because general information we can Google for. We really yeah. don't have to 
pay for anything anymore if it's just general information. But to get it from you, to get it through your method, to be able to get it because of your history and your expertise, that's where your messaging has to get super clear and you move from that generalist to the specialist category because of the way you put your brand story out there. Awesome. I love that. Um, I want to, those of you listening, maybe you haven't heard this one yet, but um, if you go back to episode 117, build your brand to build your business with Allison Walsh, this will be a nice supplement to that because she talks a lot. We did that in April this year, Um, but she talks a lot about personal brand. And I think this is what you're talking about is absolutely true and very, very missed in the financial industry because that's, they're not even taught anything like that. Maybe when you get to the top, you know, top producers, they're taught, Hey, riches are in the niches and what's your specialization. And and then it's like, Oh, I specialize in taxes or I specialize in this, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a thing like taxes or have to be social security like that is like, what makes you unique that, that, attracts people to want to be with you and work with you. And a lot of times that's your personal brand. That's like what you stand for. That's what your beliefs are that are aligned with the people that you want to attract. Um, so I'd be really interested in how you pull that out of people and, and discover that. What'd you call it? The secret? Uh, it's a sweet spot, spot audit. Sweet spot. Yeah. So when we go in and we audit a company, we do a SWOT analysis, which a lot of people have heard about a SWOT analysis, but, and that's the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And, and we dive into all the different areas of corporate infrastructure. But when we do it on an individual leader who could be the CEO or a solopreneur, well, we go through what's called the sweet spot audit because people don't buy taxes or tax information. Mm-hmm. They buy leadership. So you right. have to create a connection as that solopreneur. Yeah. You've got to create that relationship. And then you've got to identify Am I number one? Do I create resonance in the marketplace? And resonance is amazing. It's like in Carnegie Hall. If there's a a grand piano on the stage at Carnegie Hall, and then you put one way in the back of Carnegie Hall or even in another room, if you hit a C chord on that piano on the stage in Carnegie Hall, it will resonate vibrations and it will actually play on that other piano. It'll hum on that other piano. Mm -hmm. That's resonance. If you don't have resonance with the marketplace to where you've got neurocoupling with people, they're nodding when you're talking, they're digging what you're saying, like what you did. Hey, we got a baller today. That was like, boom, you got me, right? (laughs) You had me at hello. That's resonance because you tapped into something, a type of communication, a language, knowledge set. That's why, and I'm going to give just a four-step, this will be really fast, but just applicable information that your listeners can use today and hopefully get a bump forward in your business. Love it. Awesome. Um, so I'm a I'm an avid fisher person. I deep sea fish. I just came back uh, two days ago from king salmon fishing up in Alaska. I trout fish. Huh. I bass fish. We just put in a seven acre lake into our back uh, of our back forty, and um, I, I I love fishing. So when I talk about sales and marketing, doesn't matter what the product or service is. Um, there's there's four things that you have to do, and they parallel with fishing. The first thing is, is you've got to know who, who, who am I talking to? So when I go out fishing, I have to know what kind of bait. I mean, what kind of fish I'm going after. Fishy, 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 fishy. fishy. Well, which fishy are you talking to? Come on, be specific. Fishy. Exactly. Trout, trout. I'm going after a blue marlin, which is like 400 pounds. It's going to be a different type of bait I need to throw into that marketplace than I would if I'm going after a little trout, which is going to be little grub worms. 
So mm. who you've got to know who is your ideal client? Because just because you're in financial, you're offering financial advice doesn't mean everybody's going to connect with you. I'm 53 years old. I do online uh, challenges and launches where I bring in majority 40 and over men and women who are looking to scale their business six, seven, or eight figures. That's my ideal market. So I don't have to talk about you know, being young and fitting. I talk about spanks. I talk about anti-wrinkles. I talk about legacy. I talk about having my kids. And I talk about the things that my demographic is looking for. So who are you talking to? Number two is what kind of bait are they biting on? And so let's take trout fishing, for example. There's some days where I can go and I position myself to where I throw my line upstream. The trout swim like this, looking upstream, the water's coming this way. And so there's upstream, I throw my grub worm, let's say upstream. And what am I throwing? Something they're used to eating, something that they're hungry for, something that's native to what they're already doing. If I go and I throw something like a plastic bass lure, they're not going to bite on it because it's not something they're looking for. So what kind of bait are they looking for? I throw it upstream and I let that just swim past them. So that's where um, search engine optimization, search engine marketing, PPC, pay-per-click, all of those things have science behind them because a lot of people are like, well, I'm posting on social media, but they don't know what to post. They don't know when to post. So knowing what kind of bait are they actually looking for and making sure that you're putting it in front of them. Then the next, the third thing, so who, what, where. So fish gather. Marketplace people gather. People that are struggling, they're in their 50s, husbands just passed away, I've got money, I don't know what to do with it, I'm looking to invest. That's a huge demographic of the people that we target because we're a high-ticket consulting program. We start at $20,000. We got $20,000, $36,000. We got $100,000. So we're, we, we, we know that we're on this planet to help people get the education they need in order to expand their money. Well, so are financial advisors. It's to help people not just know what to do with their money, but how do you expand that money? Well, where do those people hang out? You've got to go where those fish are. So maybe that is, obviously, if they're over 50, they're not going to be in Instagram and TikTok. They're going to be in Facebook. So you market specifically to Facebook. You make sure you're, or LinkedIn, obviously, yeah. And so making sure you know where are they pooling because fish school, they pool and you want to go to that marketplace. And the fourth one is how. So there are techniques that you want to apply if you're fishing. Uh, there's, there's real techniques. There's, there's techniques. When I go out for Marlin fishing in the middle of the ocean, I go out six miles, I mean, six hours out from shore Mm -hmm. and we troll. If I'm going after uh, mahi mahi, I'm probably going to lay some chum, which is like dead guts of other fish. (laughs) And they like the scent of that and they follow it for a while. But there's do not take this marketing literally. Do not start putting chum out of your marketing events instead of cocktails, just to make sure you're not being too literal. Keep going, keep going, keep going. But that's the how. There's technique. And, and so many people are like, I don't understand why the roots get richer. And I don't understand why it's so easy. I'm checking all the boxes and I'm doing all the things that I was in that, you know, that class, that free class I took. I'm checking all the boxes, but I'm not getting the results. Chances are it's either 
clarity of your brand, it's becoming a specialist instead of a generalist, or it's in your techniques. And mm-hmm. if you can get the education, just like you would to be a financial advisor, you would educate yourself, you'd get the right wisdom behind what you're doing so that you increase your technique. And this is where I would say you've probably all seen the, the marketing or the social media little meme. And it's this person with a pickaxe and they're trying to get through to the gold on the other side. And one guy walks away an inch away from the gold mm-hmm. and the other guy kept clipping through because he didn't give up. And that's what I would say. If you feel frustrated, like I feel like I'm doing all the right things and I'm, I'm not quite, it just means that your technique may be a little bit off. Don't stop. Michael Jordan was cut from the high school basketball team, mm-hmm. but he didn't stop. He kept honing his technique and getting better and better till be, he became the best in the world. Uh, Wayne Gretzky in, in hockey still, I mean, his results and, uh, Mario Lemieux, I don't know what sports people follow, but it, you, you'll go back. There'll always be a place where they struggled through failure before they ever got to that place of breakthrough where they hit tipping point. Who, yeah, I remember, what, I don't, I don't know if you know, Keith Cunningham, but, um, Keith Cunningham, he has a brand called keys to the vault and he has, uh, what's the book I'm reading? Uh, the road less stupid. I'm reading that one right now. Um, <laughs> Very smart guy. Um, but I remember as I was in his program years ago and he was talking about like kind of showing a graph and it's almost like a stock chart where it's like you hit the resistance, right? And you keep hitting the resistance and you keep hitting the resistance. Well, when it breaks through, there's often this huge, right? Like skyrocket, like the stock goes way up, right? When it gets past resistance, either keeps hitting the resistance and then it goes down, which could be you quitting, right? Or it keeps hitting the resistance and then it pushes on through to the other side and it's a pop. He called it a pop. And it's like, when you get that pop, then you get to the next level. And then what's going to happen, just like a stock, you're going to hit another resistance. That's your challenge. That's your struggle. That's the time where you're like, oh man, next level. Like I'm in the, you know, million to $2 million range. And like, man, getting to that 2 million, like you said, the first million is the hardest. Mm -hmm. Now it's like our new normal, our four minute mile. Like, wow, we can do that. It doesn't mean we don't struggle, but it's like, man, getting to that point where we can hit that, the next is usually right. a 3 million. Like you kind of don't even, <laughs> the 3 million mark, it's like new skills, new mindset shifts, you know, new team or new, the who, yep. you know, you need different people to get you there. Definitely a lot of investing in your company and yourself and all these things. And then it's like, you know, we're coming up against resistance. And I know I just got to, like you said, never give up. I got to keep pushing and then allow it to happen and and it'll break through. And it's easy to just like say, oh, this isn't going to work or it's going to be too hard and then give up. And then we don't hit the pop. And like you said, with that axe, I think that's a really good analogy. It's like, you have no idea how close you are to the pop. You have no idea how close you are to that, like cracking through to the other side. And it's, like if we just keep going, you're going to hit it if you don't give up, but we just don't know when. And same thing with goals and vision. It's like, okay, here's my vision. In three years, I'm going to be at this, this mark. And at five years, and like, you know, I don't know, universe or God or whatever, it's like, timelines don't exist the same in your head as it does right. in the universe. And there's like a lesson to be learned if you're not there yet. So it's just, Oh, how many lessons do I need to learn before I get there? But I feel like I had so many goals. I remember um, in my program, we would, we still do this, but we would write ourselves a letter 
mm-hmm. at the end of the program. So then the next or the end of the end and beginning of the six months, every six months, we write ourselves a letter. I stole that from Tony Robbins. And when I was trying to get pregnant, I wrote myself a letter. Like I knew six months later, it's going to, I'm going to be reading it. And I'm like, dear Robin, I'm so excited for you. You know, you're, you're finally pregnant and you're so you're healthy and, and you feel amazing and all this stuff. And I'd write myself these letters and I must've written those letters. I don't know, four or five times. I mean, like it took us years to get pregnant and the point where I started actually writing to myself and I didn't hit it when I thought I would. And I didn't get the result when I wanted to, but life all kind of came together. Other amazing things happened because I didn't get pregnant and then pop, guess what? I never gave up. I have my babies now, now not such babies. One, three, one's five. I got my 16 year old bonus daughter, but like everything works out. And then there's the challenges again. And then I know everything's going to work out, but I think like going back to like just entrepreneurship and business owners and, and, and then versus the craft, like I do think there are some people in the financial industry who aren't necessarily putting that hat on the marketer's hat, the entrepreneur hat, the business owner hat. And they're instead just trying to work on the craft. And you said like, you know, you gotta, you didn't, you said, um, the, the, I always talk about the monies and the tweaks. What did you say exactly? Like how you talked about, um, what did you say? Yeah, it could be just simply tweaking to your perspective, tweaking your technique, getting the technique, that's what I said. skill set. And yeah. And the skill set. Sorry. I just wanted to mention about that and I'll pop, pass it back to you, but the skill set some people are working on is just becoming the best financial advisor in the world, not the skill set of becoming the best marketer or entrepreneur or business owner in the world in order to serve more people so that since you are getting to the best financial advisor in the world, you actually be able to help people. So yeah, I just wanted to comment on that because I think that was, I was trying to remember how you said it, but I think that's a huge gap is like, is the boom. Pop is the boom. And you're going to have boom. Hopefully you have boom, 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 right. In your, in your career. But the TEDx that I did is called the 1% method. And it goes all the way back to when I was just a young girl, I wanted, I was skinny, scrawny, tiny. I wanted to play basketball. I was not built for basketball. I was the skinniest. I look like, I mean, I just look like a feed the children person. I mean, I was, I chewed my nails. My, I was, I lived on a ranch. I was just a, I was not your atypical basketball player with meat on her bones. Let's just say that. And, but my dad never would tell me you can't do something. He would say, baby, if that's your dream of all the sports you could pick, if that's your dream, you are going to have to outperform, out practice and outwit every one of those other girls. And so he would say, if they're, if they practice for an hour, you need to practice for two hours. If they do 25 free throws, don't come in until you get three in a row, even if it takes you a hundred. And so when I was little, he taught me this one person just every day, as long as you get 1% better every day. And so I would do that. I would go and I, you know, at first I couldn't even get the ball up to the goal. I would like granny shot, shoot it between my legs. And as the years went by, I just got better because I kept honing my skill. I kept practicing. My, my dream was that one day I was going to be the first white girl on the Harlem Globetrotters, but I just kept getting better and better and better. Were you? I, I was not the first <laughs> white girl on the Harlem Globetrotters. I got picked for the junior Olympic basketball team. And wow. then I ended up singing at the Olympics. What? So it changed the trajectory back. 
I'm 53. So back then we didn't even have WNBA. So music was a much better career for me back then. And I ended up going into country music. But anyhow, all of that to say that 1% micro progress is how I've built all the way back to basketball, singing. I have five CDs out. It wasn't because my first CD was great. It's because I kept singing. It wasn't because I was great at basketball. I just kept shooting. It wasn't because I was great at big business. I just kept practicing and practicing till eventually you learn what not to do. And those are the painful years, but that leads you to what to do and, and how to do it great. And then once you figure, you take, I call it history is information. So we work a lot. We have a nonprofit organization. We rescue women and girls that have gone through trafficking and abuse and all that. And so we create transitional living and tiny homes. It's part of our give back from our companies. And, and when you have been trafficked or you've been abused or you have been orphaned or abandoned by somebody in your family or you've gone through divorce or financial uh, setbacks, there are emotional, psychological triggers that you'll have in your brain. You'll have spots in your brain that have to be reprogrammed. If you live according to history, which is just information, you will never experience duplication and monetization. So a lot of people, they make decisions psychologically because of the last failure, the last time I tried to do a business, the last time I did paid ads, the last time I dated somebody. And so they're living off of information. Information is not where the power is. When you can move information into the next category, which is transformation, whatever has happened to you, whatever you failed through, whatever you've gone through. Don't let it stick to you. Just let it become valuable that you turn your setback into a comeback because sometimes your setbacks are actually a set up for you to rethink, regroup, recalibrate, maybe even reinvent your career. So you get to transformation and you start going, okay, how can I use that challenge? How can I use the fact that I was uh, orphaned from China and brought over here and people who became my parents, ended up trafficking me. How can I use that? I mean, I've got crazy stories of, of people who've gone through astronomical setbacks and they become the most epic success stories. Oprah yeah. was one of them. Oprah, right? I was thinking exactly those that. Stories because they went through a season of transformation and they decided, I am not going to let that hold me back. Once you go through transformation, then you start creating processes that can be duplicated. Then you go into duplication. You start hiring people. You get a VA. You teach her what you know. You start getting a couple salespeople. You teach them what you, they know. You, you hire a social media specialist part-time and you start teaching them your principles and your ideas. And you're like, wait a minute, my financial wisdom is duplicatable. So now you go from information transformation to duplication. Once you've duplicated it enough, and you might do it for free for a little while. That's why a lot of people online, we even do it. We do a free five-day course online. Why? We want to show people that what we do can be duplicated. And once they're like, wow, imagine getting a whole year of this, right? So what am I doing now? I move from information, transformation, duplication, monetization. If you boom, don't- Boom, girl. That's, that's good. Boom. That's good. So, Every person that's your list, if they're financial advisors, they've, they're in some part of that. Maybe they haven't quite yet figured out how to duplicate it to where it's, it's um, resonating with the marketplace. But to get to monetization, they've got to pass through information, transformation, duplication, 
monetization. I love that. So good. Well, tell them where to find you because we can go on and on as is so amazing, but we'll, we'll leave them hanging with that and they'll have to look you up, follow you and do all the things to get even more greatness in some of your books, eight of your books. Yeah. Well, you know, they can actually get my uh, fuel by fire book, which is my latest book. They can get the, it's with the publisher. So they only let us give away like the first chapter, the introduction and the preface, but you can go to stacywallace.com, S-T-A-C-I-W-A-L-L-A-C-E.com. Everything's there. That's the website. But um, if they want to sign up for our legacy wealth mastery program, they can go to fbfchallenge.com. Awesome. Is that running all the time? That's running all the time. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Check out the free challenge there. And pardon, it is live. It's live. It's not an evergreen, but it's live. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Okay. Okay. Check that out. That sounds amazing. And definitely look up Stacy Wallace and thank you all for being here. And we'll see you next time on growing your financial business, the woman's way. What an awesome episode. See you guys next time. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.